asking you, do you think it's unhealthy that people are bucketing all that is bad, coronavirus, social unrest, political unrest, all the chaos, economic issues? Everybody has said, that's all 2020. It was a horrible year, and we're happy we're moving beyond the year. But clearly, the year is totally arbitrary. Like, nothing happened last week to this week. It's all the same. Do you think it's... Is there some? Is there a problem with us saying that's 2020 and now it's 2021? So moving on in a positive way. I I think it's un it was unhealthy when we were in it, but now I do feel like now people's mindset are changing that it's 2021. So like it, when we were in it and and it was like this is just 2020, and I agree, I was one of those people because I feel like everything bad was happening, and and I felt like it just like like would stagnate like we're just waiting for this virus to go away and we're just waiting for the and like it didn't go away right you know like i will get fit when it goes away yeah or i will you know look for a new job but now we're a year out still here right so i felt like it was unhealthy for people to just sit and do nothing and and wallow and wallow in the news cycle yeah it's the fact that it's 2021 and if they're saying, if, if, so you're saying whatever it takes to get them out of that bad mental place is good. Well, yeah, I think, I think we needed a reset. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. At the time it, going back to 2020, I would have been like, you can't wait for this. You can't wait to try and get a new job when the virus leaves because like I remember in March, we thought we were only going to be on a lockdown for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really ready for it to be over. I want that vaccine. You bag. didn't like our New Year's Eve Zoom calls? No. <laughs> Me too. I was like, how do we wrap this up yeah, faster? I was, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what are your New Year's? You, so Allison loves a good New Year's resolution. You like a good, you like a good birthday wish. You like a good, you like a good, like any marker to set a new year, a new, you like intentions. Yes. So what is your, do you have a new year's intention? I have two. Okay. What are they? I want to belly laugh more, like way more. I want to laugh so hard this year. I don't know how to do that. I know. It's a weird, (laughs) (laughs) but it's true. Like I want to, I want a funnier, more playful year than 20, than it has been in the past. Yeah. There's a part of me that feels like that means that I that perhaps I'm not funny enough. <laughs> Are you? Do I need to be more playful? No, but I just feel like because of like we're in the work grind, we get in the work grind. We have the kids grind. We have the temper tantrum grind. That like, there's not many be- and less friend time. I feel like we just don't have as many like hysterical moments. Yeah, and and I would like more of that. Okay, so but what are you gonna do to get the? I how do you make that actionable? I don't know. I don't know. I. I think I need to not take myself so seriously and seek out funny things. <laughs> if you have any advice, let me know. I'm I'm still working yeah. through that one, but I'm serious about it. I think it's good. I just don't know how you. It's a good. I think it's a good intention. Yeah. I just don't know how you, what you do. To make that happen. And my other one is I want to be more interesting. I feel like I've, I feel like, interesting. 
Well, sometimes I just don't feel like I'm very interesting. I think it's because I'm in the in the little kid mom world where I feel like we talk about summer camp. Are we going to get our kid into summer camp this year? Yeah. And diapers. Okay, so I do think so. I do think that you, I do think that you, uh, underemphasize the cool things that you're doing. Like when when someone asks you what do you do for a living, you're like you couldn't be worse at at making your job sound interesting. Like I feel like you, and I think it's because you don't want to brag, so you 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 like diminish it. But you, but it, that as a consequence, that means that there's no conversation about you, and then you become less interesting because you're like, oh, I just, I just do this thing. You don't really settle into it. Well, for there's two reasons I do that. I think my job is hard, um, hard to understand. Like I think I've learned to explain it, but but even people outside of my world, they're like, wait, what? And and then the other thing is like I get. I get super geeky about the science of my job and I don't feel like people can track that. Not because they're not smart, just because they, they're just not in that world. And so they're like, I'm like, we're going to be blah, blah, blah. And it's so exciting. And then people are like, Oh, okay. It's just not something. That's interesting. I'll just say, so Allison used to be a pharmaceutical sales rep and she would go to parties this is a, wh- a long time ago, but she would go to parties and people would ask her, what do you do? And instead of just saying, I'm a pharmaceutical sales rep, she would go, I peddle drugs. And, and I like, know I sling pharmaceuticals. <laughs> yeah. And then, and she thought just like, just like right now, she thought that was hilarious, but she wouldn't like follow it up and say, here's the company I work for. And here's a specific medication I sling, right? She just walks away and people are always like, is she a pharmacist? What, what drug is she? Yeah, is she a pharmacist? Is she a drug dealer? What? I'm getting better at that. But so I like I want to um, I want to I think what would make me feel more interesting is being more passionate about something. So I'm very passionate about my kids and all that. And but I don't think that that's interesting. Yeah. So I think finding some passion. I think you should make that your goal for the first quarter. Finding passion. Yeah, don't don't say like I want to find something. I want to find passion somehow over the next year. Be intentional in three months. What are you gonna? And, and in the next three months, actively engage in activities that will help you find passion. Passion. You you can't just do the same thing and hope that you stumble upon passion. You have yeah. to actively pursue it. I think that's true. Do you want to ask what my New Year's resolution is? Mm-hmm. Uh. Be funnier so that my wife belly laughs more. That's the new one. <laughs> and I will. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna try to make sure that I am uploading a new video. I want to try and sure, be more consistent about uploading a new video every seven days. You don't do it that often. I'm pretty close, but I don't. But I'm not. Um, I'm not organized about. Like I feel like. I feel like my life is too chaotic. Like I don't work out at the same time every day. I don't. I don't work at the same time. I don't family time at the same time. I don't YouTube at the same time. Like I, I need. I wish I could just say, I work out every morning at eight o'clock, and I do YouTube videos every Saturday morning. And I like. I want to be structured about it so that my, like, I, that I get more in. Because I think what happens is I have all these things that are going on, and I'm always trying to adapt. And I like take pride in this flexibility, but that flexibility I think 
creates a wake for those around me, maybe it's not the best thing. And I think if I can say I'm uploading once every seven days and I do it at this specific time, I think I'll be more impactful without creating the wake. I agree. I think having more structure in your day, like having, I think for you, having a better morning routine would set you up for a better day. Yeah. Can I play devil's advocate? That that is my goal, but can I just play devil's advocate? (laughs) (laughs) So some people, and I think there's really good research to back this up, people that are creative, and it's not that I'm, I'm not saying that I'm creative, but that the, there are times when you are like psychologically in a creative mindset. There's a, there's a time when you are energized and motivated and excited about doing something creative. And if you don't capture that, then you can miss it. Like, like there's, there are times when people will feel like artists will be like, I'm so interested in this piece of art and I want to do it for seven hours in the middle of the night. And if they if they don't do that seven hours of art and they wait until 8 a.m. and try and work during the typical business hours, they may not have that creative energy at the time. That's how I convince myself. Like, oh, this is fine that I'm doing yeah. it. I think just, I think being aware of when you, when you, when your creativity or your best working time is, then yeah. set your other things around it. Like, so I feel like your best creative juices happen from 10 to 1 in the morning. Yeah. Um, but then like, I, I feel like you just make it worse by like Pelotoning at 1130. You like, don't go to bed till I, I just, and then it's to be good. under, to be completely honest, you're crusty in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think you I need gotta, to protect your energy levels. I agree. <laughs> and I have to also, like, I'm not a, I don't think I'm a creative, like, it's not like I'm not, I'm not painting. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm doing not that creative. Stuff. I also like, think I you're think. not efficient with your time sometimes because I feel like you like to um, scroll social media. I really feel like it takes a lot of your time away. Yeah, there's. I agree a little bit to that with that. <laughs> I, I you know I deleted TikTok. Have we talked about TikTok on here? Well, you deleted TikTok. Yeah, I don't know if we have, but okay, I feel like could say, that not be a bigger waste of time? <laughs> Although so I. I th- like- I, I, I think TikTok is a nightmare of an app. I think it's the worst app. The challenge is that it is, at, because of its, if you're trying to do a YouTube channel and trying to do whatever, being a creator on there, there's major advantages to it because it's not totally saturated. But there's no, they don't vet the age of the people that are on there. I mean, it's it, the, the dancing, the, et cetera, is like it's the constant like dopamine hits that I think is more uh, intense and unchecked than any other platform. And I, like, I, for, I, I think it's just so addicting. I think people have to, it's hard to get off of there. And I told you, I was on, a, I'll tell the story. I was on there and I'm looking and there's some scantily clad woman dancing and I'm thinking, oh, she's attractive. I wonder the algorithm obviously figured out that I would like this particular video. And at the end of the video, she goes, okay, so much, I'm done with that dance. And now I'm going to go do homework. And I was like, what am I watching that how this girl, hopefully she's, hopefully she's getting her doctorate and she's really like 25, but probably not. Right. And I didn't search out young girl dancing, but the algorithm obviously knew that I would like that video. And I think it's a pretty dangerous path to go down. Like there are people that are just scrolling and they give you progressively more and more 
sort of unhealthy shit to look at. Like, I really do think think it's a dangerous platform in that way. Well, and I think, honestly, I feel like that lately with Instagram. Like, Instagram used to be my friends and, like, stuff. I get so many ads that, like, I feel like they know my soul. And so I just, I feel like I can't even look at Instagram because it's mostly ads to me, not not the content that I was in. And I just feel like, yeah, the whole thing, I don't think, I, I think there is... A, da- a huge downfall to social media. Yeah. Well, especially like you hear about people going in that are on the negative, like what would it be on my mom's social media if she did it? <laughs> it would be very intense political stuff. I know. And like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So wanted to talk to you about relationships. Okay. And like, what do you think? Is there anything that makes a relationship super healthy and does a super healthy relationship impact your career well to say them i guess i yes a super a healthy relationship impacts your career how well if you're not miserable if, you, if you're if you're in a bad mood when you go to work then that's not going to help you perform professionally is that what you mean what would be like the best partner like what would be a socially healthy What's up? I, I know you've got some research. You're like trying to lead me into, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I was reading an article and um, I was trying to avoid the article because I feel like you like so many details. Anyway. It's one of these psycho- Psychology Today articles that's going to have like n- 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 <laughs> no good content. Go ahead. Um, but it says a happy and stable partnership most um, helps you be more likely, you're more likely to be successful in your career. With people that have happy and stable relationships. That makes sense. And um, actually, Sheryl Sandberg said that the most important decision for a woman is who they marry for their career. Oh, that makes sense. And I agree. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. Um, And so I was going over, like, one of the things that, they said was that um, having a psychologically flexible spouse um, is the best for your career. Do you know what that means? I, I, mean, I took I a picture and, of it. I can try and define. I mean, I know what psychological flexibility is. What is it? It's just like your level of, like it's it's interesting. Like everybody always wants to figure out like what you know. There's this concept of cognitive agility, and there's like all these assessments out there trying to measure cognitive agility. And the reality is that cognitive agility is really just a combination of your flexibility from a personality standpoint and then your intellectual horsepower. And so if you're, what that's essentially saying is if you're comfortable adapting and comfortable viewing things from different angles and you adjust well, right? If you don't get anxiety when things are different, then you become more adaptable. So you're more able to navigate a complex work environment or maybe you're more able to navigate a spouse that needs additional time you know, all of a sudden versus if you don't have any flexibility, you don't have that ability to adapt. Then when your wife says, Hey, I want to go for this new job. It's going to require me to travel or whatever. Then the spouse will become reticent about the change, which that, I mean, that makes, I think that that's, that, of course that makes sense. Is that what, is that what you're saying? Yeah. There was this researcher that I thought was interesting. He did, 
Um, his name was Joshua Jackson, and he followed 5,000 couples over five years. Mm-hmm. And he was looking for personality characteristics um, and markers of success um, for income and job satisfaction uh, for the cup, like to, you know, kind of measure what were the characteristics that um, helped a spouse, like you, what kind of partner you would need. Okay. And so um, to, cl- to climb the career ladder. Can you, I'm worried you're not talking to the microphone. Okay. Um, so what they found was spouses that had a high degree of conscientiousness were better than um, the non-conscientiousness, which is like my biggest insecurity, that I'm not conscientious enough. I know, but I don't feel like you define, con- I, what is it, how do they define conscientiousness? They didn't define it. And then the other thing is they are they nudged their better half um, all the time to do better. And they do it by setting their own example of doing better. Okay, I don't quite know what's going on with the article, but I, here's what I can just say. Healthy people are going to be healthier in every area of their life. Like that's a, that, is one, that's, that is a problem where you have people that are, like this happens all the time with addiction. You, you, I have whatever addiction I have, and I feel like shit about that addiction. And so in my relationship, I don't want any judgment about what I'm doing around that negative behavior. So I don't judge you. And you have shit that you're embarrassed about, but you don't want judgment about that. So you just don't judge me. And so we have this sort of relationship we, where we are complicit in each other's negative behaviors and we just move forward and we say our relationship's really healthy. But because we individually aren't healthy, we're allowing this like negativity around us and we're not going to excel professionally. The relationship really can't grow, right? We're like in this like mutually agreed upon negative state. So, so I'm not sure if that's what they're talking about, but certainly if you are conscientious and goal-oriented and you have expectations for yourself and expectations for your partner, like no question, you're going to have, you're going to perform better professionally and perform better interpersonally. Yeah. Well, that to- makes you know. total sense. Right. I, I just mean. thought it was a good article. Good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> but that, but that does make a lot of sense. And I do feel like there, there are couples in our life that like they are not psychologically healthy um, and so I feel like they just bring each other down all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. So. That's okay. interesting. Let's, can we do some pop psych? So y- y- you have a, you have a, a segment, which is the true false segment. And I'm going to introduce a new segment, which is the popular culture segment. Okay. okay? So the <laughs> first one is, what do you think about Hilaria Baldwin? And I'll give you a, a global summary. Okay. I'll give you what I know. Hilaria Baldwin married to Alec Baldwin was born in Boston. Uh, I think she's traveled to Spain a lot, but she's born in Boston. And her name was Hillary something, but she renamed herself Hilaria or wants to go by Hilaria, acts like she's got a Spanish accent sometimes. And there's been a <laughs> lot of, a lot. there's been a lot of like debate about is she really Spanish or what's, is she making it up or what is this attention seeking behavior? What do you think? Well, I think the world probably wants to know your take. I'll tell you my take. Well, you are Allison's bilingual, so I feel like you have a better. Although I don't, I've never seen you slip into speaking with an a, with a Spanish accent. 
No, but I didn't, I, I speak another language, but I had to learn it. Like, I think she, I think it's different for her because she, um, she grew up probably going back and forth constantly. I, and you know what? So like, I think it's so mean that the media is going after her. That's my personal opinion because I have friends that, um, like are, are Indian and they talk normal to me. And then, then they talk to their parents. They, um, they have an Indian accent. Also my, I had, I had a girlfriend in, um, in elementary school that had a British accent because she, her dad was from England. And so like she talked with a British accent, but she was definitely born in the States and even here, like our like the little toddler has a Kiwi accent. Okay, but all of the ca- I know I know everybody you're talking about. <laughs> and in every case, it's happening in the moment, like when your friend is talking to their to their parents, speaking a different language, or the Kiwi. The dad is the dad is from New Zealand and has that accent, so the key, the kids adopted that accent. Hilaria or Hillary goes in and out of that accent, not because she's just talked to her parents. I, like, to me, it is... I mean, first of all, I don't care. I don't care about her. I don't care, I don't care about any of it. So I agree that this is like, who, who gives a shit? And to me, this is like this classic... Uh, nar- this classic need to be interesting and unique oh and i think this is like we like there is just something to me it feels like there are people that aren't confident enough in their own substance as people and so they have to artificially insert you know complexity or or you know these like these like just like little cool things about them and i think for her um i mean how many i have just it's funny because i don't know anything about her but i have constantly over the years heard her or Alec have to explain how you pronounce her name, Hilaria, because it doesn't, people aren't used to saying that. And I feel like they like the fact that she has a unique name. And I think she likes the fact that she can go back and forth between Spanish and English. And there's like the video that I saw where she's on a talk show and she can't remember the word for cucumber. And she has to, how you say? And it's like, Hillary, you know how to say cucumber. (laughs) Like, give me a break. Like, it's it's like, I just think she so desperately needs to have some nuance to her I personality. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you're getting wrapped up in that. Oh, my God. I got to tell you, like, literally, if someone is speaking a different language around me, it, it's, it may not be the languages I speak. I revert to Spanish. Okay, but you're... But it's Allison, so like... Allison, she's not talking... She's not speaking Spanish. She's not talking to a foreigner in that moment. She's talking to an English speaker... On the news, and all of a sudden she has this heavy accent and can't remember the word for cucumber. But do you think she gets nervous? And I don't. I don't know. I no. I can't imagine someone being false. (laughs) (laughs) You you may be right. I and I don't know. Like I don't follow pop culture very well, which is not. So I don't know. I haven't seen her, and I think it's funny that someone like spent the time investigating it, but. I don't know. Like, I'm going to err on the side that she's not that person. I'm going to trust her and say, like, she just 
didn't remember how to say cucumber. And like, what if she didn't legit didn't remember? Like, you know how she was on a cooking show, but she's not an actress. And like, what if she was like, she couldn't remember the name for cucumber because she got nervous. That would totally happen to me. And then it was easier for her to say, like, how do you say that in English? Am I giving her too much of the benefit think, of the doubt? Well, I, yeah, but it's, I guess it's endearing that you give her the benefit of the doubt. Because I, I think she, like, she just feels, no, it feels Tony, to Tony Villar, Antonio Villarosa. Villagrosa. Villa, Villa, whatever, the mayor of the L.A. Old, old, old mayor of L.A. Yeah. He, like. He, like, completely changed his name so that he could get the Hispanic vote. I think that's weird. Yeah. That's, like, a weird, um, like, so you were, you, you were not born with that name. <laughs> Do you think she was born, do you think her parents named her Hilaria? Maybe, or maybe they called her Hilaria. Okay, all right, fine, maybe. All right, next, I have next, next, next pop culture discussion topic. <laughs> Lori Laughlin uh-huh. from Full House puts her daughter into USC or tr- tricks USC into bringing on her daughter, right? Goes to jail. Now she's coming out of jail, and now she wants to go back to an acting career. What say you? Well, I'd like to first be – I am so th- – this thing that these parents did was so elitist that I can't even wrap my head around it. I am like – it is so shocking to me that they, I mean, it is so elitist and they, they're like the first ones to like, it's just like, I don't know. What I do just, you, you've started a lot of sentences. <laughs> what do you, I get the elitist and what, what do you it think? Is, to, to think that like, to, it, to mentally justify yourself, um, to give, Whatever, so that your kid, just be honest, you're giving a half million dollars so your kid can get in. Like, why do we have to go through the rigmarole of having a fake rower or like, you know, like, I bet Lori Laughlin's kid would have just gotten in because she's Lori Laughlin and at USC. Like, well, why? Lori, well, I, well, I don't think that Lori thought her daughter would get in. That's that. So like, that's the, which I think people have talked about this. And I think her daughter did a like a red table talk, which I've not heard. But her daughter was a very popular YouTuber and like successful and I think was performing well or whatever. And, and I, I'm sure her daughter wouldn't have gotten into USC or at least it would have been tight because Lori had to whatever. But the fact that Lori had no confidence in her daughter's ability to get into college is what's devastating. Like, what if you found out that your parents really didn't think you had the horsepower or skill or work ethic or whatever it takes to yeah. get into school? And then, and, I mean, that's what's, that would be, to me, that's the most traumatic piece of this is knowing that your parents don't believe in you. Well, and do you think, because Lori Laughlin had a very big career, do you think that she paid money because maybe she felt guilt about her mothering? Not that having a big, I, that sounds terrible, but maybe like she had her own, like, you know, mother guilt and she's like, here, I can make it better this way. I think that she felt, I don't know. I think she felt that if she, I think she felt like she earned it for her daughter. Like she's wealthy because she has this, you know, incredible talent to act. 
And I think she thinks that she's earned every bit of her income. And I think she, she I think she believed that she had the, that she should be able to, you know, her, I think that she had cultivated a life where she was told she was more important than everybody else. And that, you know, I don't think she thought she was unfair. I think she thought she was smarter and deserved it. I think she probably convinced herself that she needed it or she had, the, it was, it was okay for her to do it uniquely because she's special. Hmm. That's what I, that's what I think is probably one. I think she's a, got that narcissistic characteristic. Yeah. I could see that. Or I could see like, she didn't want her daughter, like her daughter would have gotten into whatever the university of Maine or something. Oh, that's and she didn't want her daughter to go. That could have been it. Well, it could have <laughs> been that, that her daughter was going to go to like Cal state LA and Lori wouldn't have been able to brag about her daughter. And maybe that was the, oh, that's interesting. I don't know. There's probably, there's so many things, but I mean, I feel like everyone makes mistakes. I don't think, like, I don't think we should take her career away from her. I, I mean, I think she is, it's, you know, like, look at, what's that, um, Tiger Woods. He came back after his indiscretions and, um. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't have a problem with her acting. And if someone the, takes her back, like, is Lifetime going to take her back? She had such a big presence on Lifetime. I think the question should be, do people want to watch her? Yeah. And if people don't want to watch her, then no career. But if people want to watch her, then career. Like, I think that the, I don't think that she should be like, I, I don't like when we insert and we change outcome. We should just let her go into the pipeline of actresses. And if she still rises to the top and people still want to watch her, then let that be the outcome. And if people, if no one wants to watch her because they don't like her, then like, like that, let that be the outcome. Yeah. Like, I think that's true for Louis CK. Well, yeah, we, but I, she, I feel like we have such a culture that like they stop people, you know, the cancel culture or whatever. That's what I mean. Like the cancel culture. I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a problem because it is silent. I think that it's a problem because you are guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. But I think that there are people like Louis CK is the example that sticks out to me of somebody who got hammered. I think, uh, in, in there's debate about what he did and what he didn't do and to the extent to which he should be punished, but he got nailed by the cancel culture and he's making a, he's, but he's been super successful at comedy clubs, and he came out with a Netflix, uh, not not with a Netflix special, but his own special on his own website, and made a ton of money because people still find him funny, and people still go to his shows, and so it's like, you know, yeah. he got nailed by the culture, but because he's funny, people are still willing to watch him, and I don't, I don't begrudge him that. Like, I don't think we should artificially change the outcome, let him go back into the system, and if he's still successful as a comedian, then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're on the same page for that. All right. Would you watch another Lifetime with her in it? I wouldn't watch the first <laughs> Lifetime with her. <laughs> I have zero interest. It's in all the same life. show. Yeah, I know. Kidding. I love them all. I know. I know. You'll, wa you'll watch it, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are doing a staycation tonight, so mm -hmm. we're going to have to let you go. But thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs>